Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Hi, how are ya? Good morning. Welcome to it. It is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station, and or FM translator, and live around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com. Is that too much in the morning? Should I not be quite so, hello? I, somebody complained one time here a while back. I got a little self-conscious about it for a day or two, and then I forgot about it until just now um they're like you're just so in the morning it's just too much i'm like well i mean it good morning i'm trying to wake you guys up and get you ready for the day is it too much i just i just i want to know inquiring minds want to know should i just be like npr good morning and welcome to the program today we're going to talk about Something very, very boring. I mean, is that what you want? I mean, because I would, <clears throat> I'd much rather attack the day with gusto, vim, vigor. Yes. Grab it by the throat. Um, that sounded violent. Okay. <laughs> that was like, okay, uh, back her off here a little bit. Even to my ears, that sounded just a little, I just want to grab it by the throat. Um, anyway, hi, how are you? Good morning. As you could tell, morning coffee on board, ready to go. Uh, not really. This is me without coffee. Wait till I put some Java in. Then it's a whole nother deal. Today on the program, we got a lot of stuff to go over. Now, <clears throat> we were going to be talking with uh, Nick Begich III this morning. Uh, but uh, due to the uh, due to the, the passing of uh, Buzzy Peltola... Uh, they didn't think it would be appropriate to be uh, sparring uh, over Peltola's record while she's mourning the loss of her husband. That was kind of would be in bad taste. I totally understand that. So they've asked to come on next week at the same time. So we're going to have uh, Nick Baggage on the program next week uh, in hour two. He'll be on to talk about his run for U.S. House. And we'll go over all that stuff and it'll be fantastic. Uh, so look forward to that. Next week, which means that I now have a full hour in hour two to talk about what I've been teasing you here on the last couple days, which is Americans increasing dissatisfaction with higher education um, and not just higher education, but even even uh, I've got in fact, I've pulled together several different stories and studies and polls. Uh, that talk about everything from K-12 education all the way up to, but the college education numbers. Ooh, man. Let me just, let me just give you a tease. The percentage of young adults who said that a college degree is very important fell from 74% all the way down to 41%, almost in half. 
That is a huge number and spells some real problems for the education financial model that we have here in this country, where we have the education complex, where there's a college on every corner and every one of them is looking for money from the government to stay afloat. And we've seen the costs of tuition rise exponentially every time there's another uh, that there, there's another batch of free government money. They uh, the tuitions go up and everything. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's a thing. It's a real thing. And uh, but these new numbers are shocking. Uh, and uh, it it's it should be an it should be an interesting discussion. So we're going to kind of peruse through all this in hour two. We're going to spend the whole hour on that kind of discussing those things and talking about what's uh Talking about what's going on, so we're gonna we'll we'll get all that squared away in hour two, which means in hour one that we are free and clear to navigate. We can talk about well, uh, whatever it is that we want to talk about. Uh, I've got some headlines. Uh, we'll give you some details on the different things that uh, have gone down and uh, what's happening around the state. Uh, we will talk now. Normally, we don't dive into the national stuff too much, but I did see this headline. I think it was yesterday, and I mentioned it to you, either yesterday or the day before, that I saw the headline. I couldn't remember where I where I had seen it, and I found it, and I wanted to talk about it because this is – what we're facing here in Alaska is a – just a microcosm, just a, just a small facet, just a reflection – I'm looking for the right words here – just a reflection – of what we uh, are facing as a nation, um, it's uh, it's it's not it's not great. Um, and even when they call, even when they call a halt, or even when they call a woe back, or a, a flag on the play, so to speak, even when they call that, they're not even really, in some ways, doing it. I think for the right reasons or with the right. But anyway, it's. It's going to be an interesting discussion. The headline reads, U.S. House conservatives balk at short-term funding patch that would avert shutdown. Um, and uh, to which my ears perk up. Anytime you say shutdown, my ears are perking up like, what? Uh, what, what, what are we talking about here? And so we'll talk about that as well. Uh, and, uh, oh, and more importantly... Uh, we're going to take some phone calls this morning, right? Uh, starting right now, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say this morning on any, any, any topic that you feel you would like to, uh, you'd like to share. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, got a whole bunch of different things to talk about. And uh, we just want to we want to give you the full rundown, uh, and so we'd love to hear love love to hear it. Bring bring it on. Let's uh, let's get to it. Um, all right, uh, we're going to start off over here uh, on the Kenai down on the peninsula. I didn't even know, uh, and it just just goes to show you when you're not paying attention to the day to day stuff. Sometimes this is what kind of catches you. Property owners along the low lying areas of the Kenai River 
uh, have been asked by the uh, borough emergency management to secure their personal belongings, you know, like boats, propane tanks, and even picnic tables to make sure that they don't float away down the river. The Kenai's been rubbing, uh, running high ever since two glacier-dammed lakes emptied into the river just over the last few days. And some of these pictures are pretty uh, amazing. The Kenai Keys subdivision near Sterling, uh, there the river is lapping at the doorsteps of a hundred or so homes that line the river. Um, longtime resident Frank Turpin said, although he's seen worse flooding, this one is pretty significant. The road leading <clears throat> into the gated subdivision is flooded in numerous places, although some vehicles are still tall enough to make it through. Neighbors who live on higher ground have offered their yards for people wishing to store cars or other items until the water recedes. Because that's called being a good neighbor. See, I like it down there because it's just called being a good neighbor. Uh, just park it right here. Won't hurt anything. The grass will grow back. You know what I mean? The Kenai Peninsula Borough uh, Emergency Manager Brenda Allberg said several neighbors, uh, neighborhoods rather, are impacted by the high waters, including the Kenai Keys that we just talked about and neighborhoods off Salmon Run Drive in Funny River. Further downstream in the Big Eddy area near Sildatna, property owners are also experiencing uh, the effects of the Swole River. That river is swole. Uh, Allberg urged people to consider avoiding motorized boating until the river recedes to safe levels. I'm assuming that's because you could hit something under the water uh, unless you know where the channel is and you're, you could be up out of the bank of the river and not know it. <clears throat> that's my assumption. And you know what they say about assuming. But that would be my guess. Yesterday, the Alaska Division of Parks and Outdoor Recreation instituted a no-wake zone on the north side of the river near Kenai Keys that lasts through tomorrow at 8 p.m. In the release, the department said boat uh, wakes have become more of a concern as impacts to the riverbanks and personal property continue from the high waters. And the Kenai River Sports Fishing, uh, Sports Fishing Association is also urging people in motorized vote, boats to avoid the area where the flooding is most prevalent, particularly near the Kenai Keys neighborhood in the middle portion of the river and the Big Eddy area on the lower Kenai. They said it has canceled the uh, fishing portion of an event that was scheduled for September 15th, which it said it will remove 27 motorized vessels from the lower Kenai. So, and yeah, these pictures are pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, the water is way up there. Uh, you bet definitely best not be having a basement anywhere near the river at this point, because it will be a swimming pool by the time this whole thing is over. So all you folks down there in the Kenai, stay dry, stay dry. Because the, the, the rain just won't, I mean, up here, I don't know what it's like down where you're at or up where you're at, but the rain just will not quit. <clears throat> High water, a series of storms, and flooding advisories remain in effect across much of the state right now. Um, I didn't even look outside this morning, but I can almost, I, I just, I, I put, the, put the envelope up to my head, the Great Creskin, and I can just tell you that it, it's raining. <laughs> There's just no two ways about it. It's raining right now. That's it. Have a nice day. Uh, all right. Uh, what else we got? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the issue with Peltola. 
Um, we're going to talk about the Matsu's Port McKenzie and how that uh, the Port McKenzie Railroad Spur. What is the latest development in that uh, uh, dealio and uh, more? We got all that and come and the phone lines are open. There, just see, smile and dial. It's a Thursday and we are ready to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Give us a shout right now if you'd like to participate, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. You can always drop me an email. I suppose I should actually open my email when I say that so I can see if something comes in. Feel free to uh, give us a shout, and uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Me at MichaelDukeShow.com on the email. And finally, you can join us in the chat rooms on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Probably the easiest place is Facebook.com slash MichaelDukeShow slash live. See how easy that was? The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Good morning. Um, let the bodies hit the floor. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Brian, Jerrica, Jeannie, everybody's shouting at each other. Hey, with the, uh, ah, you do wake us up. It's good. Just waiting for our coffee to kick in, man. It's, uh, you guys are like going to town. Jerrica's like, I'm still in bed. Haven't made coffee yet. <laughs> oh man. Um, you could talk about 70 years of asinine and incompetent and near criminal monetary policy. Yes, I could do that. I could talk about that. I mean, that's a whole couple shows in and of itself, right? I mean, it's one of those things. One of those things. Um, <clears throat> okay. What lakes burst? Uh, apparently up in the Kenai, a couple of the glacial lakes were dammed up, uh, glacial dams and they let loose and ba-boom. Um, all right. The head of the railroad does not want that finished, said Rick, talking about the Matsu, Mackenzie Matsu rail thing. Um, um, Jerrica said, Jerrica says she's worried about flooding in Houston. She's been able to see water in her backyard for almost two weeks now. The swamp is completely flooded, flooded, and the little Sioux is high. I mean, yeah, it's it's wet. It's wet, 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 wet. Um. All right. Um. Brian. Oh, geez. 
Uh, Brian said uh, that he told Jerrica he had a neighbor lose a little cabin into the Little Sioux a couple weeks ago. Stuff is heading your way. Yeah, no, it's 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 a rough it's a rough time. And no, I have not seen Donna uh, in a little bit. Uh, Donna Ardwin. I have not seen Donna in a hot minute. So I imagine she's probably. I imagine she's probably busy trying to get a little life lived before she has to go cosset herself back in Juno. You know what I mean? Oh, no, you know. <sighs> Man, I don't know why. I just feel like I'm full of P&V this morning. That's piss and vinegar for those of you who didn't know. Um, where are the other? Where's that other story that I was looking for? So many stories, so little time. Oh, that was the one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and we'll talk about that one. And there it is. Okay. I found it. I found it. Nobody panic. I found it. It's right there. When you got 36 tabs open at the top of your page and you're trying to find that one tab that had the story, that the thing about the deal and the old, whatchamacallit, right? Okay. Um how better to live your life than hanging out with a six o'clocker, says Brian. I don't know. I don't think there could be a better way. Unless, of course, I was asleep, in which case, then I might think differently. But other than that, you're 100% right, my friend. 100% right. Oh, All right. So, uh, here we are. How far, how far are we? We're a minute out. All right, minute out, ready to go. What else do you guys want to talk about? I mean, you guys are always so verbose in the chat room, and yet nobody ever calls. Well, that's not true. A few of you have called. Jeannie's called. Brian's called. Bill's called. I mean, you know, sometimes you call. But I got an open line segment here, and I know somebody has something they want to speak their mind about. I'd love to, you know, let's jack, let's jaw jack. Let's, 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 you know, let's chit chat, chitty chatty, little chitty chatty this morning. Whatever you guys want to talk about, feel free to feel free to dial it in if you want or talk about it or throw up some things. It's too early to trust my voice. Uh, you know, throw up some things in the chat room to talk about. Whatever. I'm 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 game today. <clears throat> you better catch me while I'm in a good mood. That's the thing. Anybody getting a moose, says Terry? That's a good question. And did you take the tongue is my second you know how long it's been since I had a moose tongue sandwich? Oh man, I could really go for one right now. Just sounds so good. Stout, heavy bread with spicy stone ground mustard and moose tongue. Mmm, baby. That's the stuff right there. No, that was the wrong one. This is the right one. The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Whew, I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. So, so, so Terry in the chat room asked, did anybody get a moose? Anybody getting a moose? And then I was like, oh, did you get the moose tongue? And then I started thinking about a moose tongue sandwich. And now I'm like... Nah, nah, nah. Oh, it's been so long since I had a delicious, I know some of you are freaking out, but that's just the way it is when you're a kid born and raised in Alaska. Nothing, be nothing better than taking a moose tongue sandwich to work and, uh, and 
Did I ever tell you the story about the moose tongue and the German class? No. Did I never tell you that story? You'll have to somebody in the chat room will have to say if I ever told this story because it's it's kind of funny. Um, and uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll get it we'll get into that in a minute here. If you want to hear the story, you'll have to I'll have to ask for it. But uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Meanwhile, uh, phone lines are open at 907-433-3150, and somebody picked up the phone and dialed in. So let's uh, see what they have to say before I jump to the rest of these stories here. Hour two is going to be full of edumacation talk, so let's uh, see what you have to say in this hour. How about that? Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. Good morning. This is Michael Dukes. This is Melody McCullough. Hello, How Melody. What's, uh, what's happening, my dear? What's on your mind? Well, you wanted somebody to call in, so I'd like to ask my friends out there in the chat room if anybody's heard of Diane Shebe, I think is the way it's pronounced. She's running for District 6 for the school board. I talked to her personally. Um, she came out to me as a conservative, uh, family values, retired teacher. Then I saw something on Facebook last night about how she is running as a conservative against Oldie Larson, but is not a conservative. She is uh, a member of the teachers' union or ex-representative, uh, and her campaign manager has also worked for the teachers' union. Um, that sends red flags to me. I'd kind of like to hear what the people in the chat room that have heard this name. I've been trying to do some homework on her and haven't really found a whole bunch of information. I have talked to her on the phone, but what they say and what they do are two different things. We know that from Juno, correct? Well, right, um, yeah. I'm afraid of putting a, a non-conservative into our school board and adding to the disharmony that is now going on there at our school board. So since you were well, going to talk about education this yeah. morning, I'd like to hear... Well, let's what hold on. Listeners a, like to have say about her. Yeah, hold on a second, Melody. So let me play devil's advocate just for a minute because I I don't know anything about this okay. candidate. And what's her name again? Diane Shebe, S H I B E. I do believe is the way it's spelled. Okay, Diane. She's running for District Six. Okay. For Oli Larson's spot. So let me let me just play devil's advocate for us for a sec. Um, up until just this year, year before. Um, all teachers, whether conservative, liberal, moderate, libertarian, basket weaver, whatever, they all had to belong to the union. The Janus decision had come through, but the state had not had a policy where they could opt out. So there were all kinds of teachers that had to belong to the union. Are you saying, are you saying that she was a union member or that she was some kind of functionary uh, at the a union? Representative. A representative. So um, she was like a shop steward. And her campaign manager is the union president for the teachers, I think, or something like that. That would trouble me. I would say that if the if the president of the local chapter yes. of the NEA was the campaign manager of the candidate, yes. yeah, that would definitely yes. be a uh, that would definitely be a red flag for me. I'd I'd like to know more, but um, yeah, it's as you said, it's not unusual for somebody to put up their their conservative bona fides and then when they get there change the spots completely so yeah i mean I, I i would like to know more i guess i would and so maybe you're right maybe if somebody else out there knows this person or knows of them they uh, can I, yeah. has, 
I'm trying to get more information, and I'm not. I'm hitting brick walls. Yeah. And I'm not always a believer in what people say. I want to make sure that my vote goes to the right person. I really like Ole Larson to a certain extent. He can be ornery sometimes, but he's been in that spot for a long time, and he is a conservative, one of the few on that board that actually votes conservative, at least in my opinion. Um, and I don't want to vote for the wrong person. That's why I'm trying to gather as much information as I can with on her, um, just speaking to her doesn't do it for me. I want to, I want to see her in action. I want to see what her, you know, what her background is, and that's why I'm asking the chat room. Right. I see Terry on here uh, talking. She's president of the NEA at one time. Do not trust her. I've done the homework. Vote for Oli. Yeah. So I well, think I'm going to stick with what I know. Yeah. Well, first, uh, first of all, two things. First of all, with a name like Ole Larson, stubborn and ornery? Oh, come on. I mean, isn't that a typical yeah. stereotypical yeah. Swede kind of thing? I mean, that's it. But again, this is, a, this is a tactic. This is a tactic that we've seen from the left in the past where they've gone into, you know, one of the few more conservative voices on a body, whether it's an assembly or a city council or a school board, and they made themselves sound so reasonable and they go in there and then they totally bamboozle you on the other side. So this is, yeah, I mean. And that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, well, look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, is what I'm saying. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just go ahead and uh, go ahead and, and leave Ole in there. If he's one of the few conservative voices, I don't even know why we would consider anyone else at that point. Uh, if he's one of the few conservative voices, what we need to do is move on to and work on the other seats in all the various school districts and everything else around the uh, and and councils and assemblies around the state and work on the 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 more progressive members there and see if we can put a valid candidate up so people have a choice. I mean, at least in those areas. Right. I honestly thought about running for that spot. Uh in District 6 on the school board. Um, you guys have heard me. You've heard me go to the meetings. You've heard everything that I have spoken out about. Um, I'm, I wasn't real comfortable and uh, with, with her and talking to her and listening to her. She never told me that she was former president of the NAA or any of that. That never came out in our conversation. She is a retired teacher. This is what I know. She's a retired teacher, no no kids in the school district at all. I honestly think that there should be a parent elected to that board or grandparent or someone who has students in the school that's going to make a difference, um, you know, as far as the books that are still in review. And the last meeting a couple of nights ago, they were bringing the books out, and there were a bunch of students there from Career Tech, speaking out about the student board member position and also about how those books are acceptable to them because they were 17, 18 years old, almost graduating. So, no, it wouldn't be concerning with 17, 18 years old. But we're talking about kids in middle school, 12, 13, 14 years old. 
elementary right. students. Yeah. No, that's not okay. Well, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little concerned about even some of the older ones. I mean, if I can't read the contents of those books on the air because I'm an FCC, we're on FCC licensed radio stations, and it would be cons- it would be considered, uh, you know, not it would it would go against community standards. If I couldn't read that stuff on the air, then I question whether or not school age children, whether they're juniors or seniors or whatever should be able to just have free and easy access to it. Maybe that's something they should go out and get on their own or their parents should help them provide if that's what they want to get them. I just right. I'm I'm concerned about it. If I can't read it on the air, I figure it's like a I figure it's like a rated R rating, right? I can't play a rated R movie on the on broadcast television, right? right? If I can't play a rated R movie on broadcast television, then I sh- certainly shouldn't be able to read something and and a and a kid who's under the age of 17 can't go to a rated R movie, then I would say that that probably applies to the same kind of thing. Correct. I agree. I agree. I, I don't think those books belong in our libraries. Well, I know Terry's spoken out about it. I've spoken out about it. And I'm watching and paying close attention on how they're handling this um, because this is going to this is going to make me either more active than I already am or you're going to hear me screaming from the mountaintops <laughs> about how I feel about these books. Well, and them, my 12-year-old being exposed to these books, this is wrong. This is yeah. wrong. This is wrong. I'm trying to keep him intact as a male. I want him to stay a male. I don't want him to change or be indoctrinated to think he's something that he's not. Yeah. That really, really bothers me. And I, I totally understand that. As a father, uh, I totally understand that uh, uh, as well. All right. Well, thank you for calling in and being and part know, of it. Oh, go ahead. I know you promote homeschooling, but in my situation, it's just not possible. If it was, believe me, I would be doing it. But this child has extra needs that I cannot meet that the school district is helping him with. So that's one of the reasons why he's still in Matsu School District. All right. Well, thank but you. Anyways, thank I will you. let you go and let the next caller call in, and you guys all have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. If you'd like to sound off on this, 907-433-3150, I think she's being smart here. Basically what she's saying is you can talk the talk all day long, but did you walk the walk? And in some cases, especially for one of the lower – Uh, elected offices like school board, people don't, there's a lot of times they just don't have any kind of track record. So you have to look back in their professional past to figure out where they, where they're at. And if it's true, uh, what uh, Terry and others in the chat room are saying that she was president of the, of the union and the NEA and uh, in the past, um, that is uh, a little bit uh, troubling uh, because that is normally would be antithetical to what I think most of you would want in your school kids and in, you know, in, in what's going on out there. So I would agree with that. And don't forget, I mean, elections, folks, elections are like three weeks away, right? Elections right now are three weeks away. Do, have you already decided who you're going to vote for? Have you already, have you done the, have you done your homework yet? Uh, I got an email yesterday from um, Cindy down in the Kenai. And she says, uh, first of all, thanks for keeping me informed every morning. She said, I appreciated hearing about the borough elections this morning and called the clerk myself because yesterday I had announced that 
I had seen that the um, election pamphlets weren't going to be automatically mailed out to all the registered voters, which is normally what they do. They mail out a, a pamphlet to everybody. Uh, she said, I called the clerk myself. Our options are to call the clerk's office to have a paper candidate information booklet mailed to us, or you can go to the borough office or city halls and pick up the paper booklets too. Not sure behind of the reason behind it, not the not mailing it, other than to save money. But that's the thing. So you're not going to be getting a voter pamphlet, a voter booklet in the Kenai, apparently, unless you request one specifically. Or you go down to the borough office or city halls and pick one up. So if you aren't familiar with the candidates, you may want to go do that. If you are not, if you're not familiar with the slate of candidates in your area, you now is the time. And there are some things that are hanging in the balance. I know up in Fairbanks, they finally were able to swing the um, assembly, borough assembly, into a more balanced shape. Like I said, when I left 10 years ago, there was only one conservative voice on the nine-person assembly. And today that swung around to where it's more balanced. It's now 5-4. But three of those conservative candidates are up for re-election. And so if you grow weary in well-doing, if you're in the Fairbanks area and you grow weary in well-doing and don't get out and vote, you just get apathetic, well, you're going to get what you deserve. Right. You're going to get what you pay for, which was nothing. So and the same thing could be happening across the state. You need to be paying attention to each and every race, the school boards, especially more and more the school boards, because that is the kind of the ideological battleground that we seem to. That's the new fresh battleground we seem to be fighting over is the minds of our children. And that's I mean, that's just scary to even say that way. But that's the truth. That's what we're fighting over is the minds and the future of our children right now, which is why I decided to homeschool all my kids because I'm not going to put them in the middle of that battlefield. But if you have to, as Melody just said, if you have to, then that's, you know, it is what it is. But you need to be paying attention to what's going on at those levels uh, and who the candidates are. Because past performance is indicative of future results. They can say all they want that they're the new, we're the new conservatives. Uh, but uh, that's just the same thing. It's like Bryce Edgman saying he's no longer a Democrat. He's an independent, right? He's an independent. So, uh, but anyway, go ahead and uh, and make sure that you take a look at it. Most of those voting books, by the way, should be available online as well. The KPB one is um but make sure you go check them out because you need to be informed information uh you know decision making says george Patton. decision making is easy once you have all the facts go go make it go get them facts so you can make a great decision all right, we got to go. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Three Free Thinking Radio. Back with more after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. 
Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Yeah, that's a little troubling when they start to uh, when they start to to tell you one thing, look you in the eye, and tell you one thing, and then there's something completely different. Um, Terry says there is a liberal running against Kathy McCollum, and apparently this liberal scrubbed her Facebook page after she filed to run, but there are snapshots of her page before she scrubbed it, all for diversity and programming of our kids. See, that's the, that's the, that's the, and, and a lot of these people don't think about that till they decide to off, run for office one day and realize that the internet is forever, but it's good. That's good that you can go back and you can see that because yeah, that's, that's definitely good. Melissa, who is uh, on the school board in Fairbanks said, and the leftist candidates for school board in Fairbanks are doing a good job at hiding the crazy stuff. It's super important to pay attention and research. And, you know, usually, usually the, the school board races usually don't get too much play. Um, there were a few times in my career up in Fairbanks when I was on the air in Fairbanks where I did interview uh, some candidates for school boards because there was some contentious issues or there was some, you know, it was obviously. But for the most part, people are just ignoring the, the school boards. They're all folk. They're all focused on, uh, they're all focused on, uh, you know, the state races or the city council races or anything else. They're, they're not, they're not doing it. It's, it's crazy. They're not paying attention to what's going on in the school districts and having, and, and getting that, getting that, uh, uh, that grabbing those minds full of mush and grabbing that next generation is the long-term think. I mean, it is the long-term plan, and we're just not we're not thinking far enough ahead on that. Um, Terry said, "Brian, no, Terry, that that slash s means sarcasm. Just so that you know, it it it's it's a sarcasm. That's his sarcasm font. So, Terry, it's the thing." <laughs> and then GD said, "What? Oh, here's some news. Facebook turned took down my flat Earth photo. Of course, it did." Misinformation, Jeannie. It's that flat Earth is. You gotta love Facebook, man. I mean, I still the other day when I, the other day, the couple months ago when somebody had a video of a girl jumping out of a car because of a giant spider in her car, and I said, "Well, now we have to burn the car," kind of thing, and that got me a warning for violating community standards. Apparently, I was trying to incite violence. By jokingly saying, well, the spider's in the car, now you have to burn the car. It was, it was obviously, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. Uh, You just, you can't, you can't. Look, I had a problem with one of the radio station Facebook pages that got taken down, unpublished for, we we never, never did know what, what it was for. It was down for four weeks. Before I was finally able to track down a, uh, you could not find a place to actually appeal it to a human being. I worked on, I probably put 25 hours of research into trying to figure out how to talk to an actual human being and be able to send an email to somebody that was not some kind of auto. And you know how long it took him to fix it once I actually talked to a person? 
36 hours. From the time I sent the first email, 36 hours later. And in fact, I got an email reply from them like 20 hours later that said, okay, we're going to, we see it. It's all good. We're going to fix it. And it was back up within another 10 hours. It's just, it's, it's insane. Absolutely insane. You watch a video of a girl, a funny video of a girl screeching to a stop with all her friends getting out of the car because there's a big spider. And I mean big, it was like the size of a quarter. This big spider in the car and they're, oh, they're freaking out. It's a funny video, right? I mean, nobody was hurt, nothing else. And then the jokingly comment was, well, now we have to burn the car. You have violated the community standards. You are now done. (sighs) Jerrica said... Jericho says, Facebook said I was, oh, come on. I was inciting violence for telling my buddy if he didn't marry his girlfriend, I would kick his butt. Because I love her and she's amazing. But she was inciting violence saying, I will kick your butt. Yeah. Facebook, well, it's it's, because it's all algorithms. 99.9% of all the warnings we get and the, and the, shutdowns and the 30-day sentences and the Facebook jail things, 99.9% of that is all the algorithm just automatically doing it. There's not a human involved in that. It's just... Oh, and it gave you a warning for that comment, too. It's so frustrating. And it it is the de facto market. It's the de facto public square. And yet, you know, the problem is machines don't understand sarcasm. Machines don't understand uh, humor or comedy or anything else. They have no senses of humor. That's the bottom line. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, welcome back to the program. One final segment for this hour. And the phone lines are open. Uh, If you would like to participate, participate, it's a participatory discussion here this morning. Um, Somebody in the, somebody in, I'm sorry, I just, I'm laughing. Because somebody on Facebook this morning said, speaking of financial issues, we haven't heard from Donna Ardwin in a while. Is Donna, you know, where's Donna? Uh, of course, Donna is a friend of the show. She's the former OMB director for the state of Alaska. You know, she's the she was the counselor and the advisor for multiple governors on fiscal policy. And now she works in Ben Carpenter's office uh, in the session and everything. She just sent me a text because they were asking, where's Donna? And I said, I don't know. I haven't seen her in a few days. And she says, please tell the six o'clockers that I am in Facebook jail and listening on YouTube. Oh, we were just talking about how ridiculous the Facebook policies are sometimes for things that you say. Um, Some of the dumbest things. 
Jeannie just said she had her uh, she had a, fo- a flat Earth photo up on her Facebook page, and they just took it down because apparently it's misinformation. I mean, there's just no sense of humor at all in any of that stuff. They they do not understand sarcasm. Sarcasm. So, um, yeah. All right, one final segment. In the next hour, we're going to be diving into the discussion on the paradigm shift in education. And that paradigm shift is, um, <clears throat> of course, the fact that, n- that no longer does going to college and getting a four-year degree have that new car smell on it that it used to, right? It used to be the only option. Um, I mean, I'm 50-something years old. And uh, when I was in high school, that was, I mean, that was it. Ever You all had to be going to college, right? Now, not everybody did, obviously, but that was the underlying theme of everything. And my, you know, my dad was, he was, that said that was important and all this kind of stuff. Now, I tried it. I will say that I tried it, figured out it wasn't for me. Luckily, I only went for a semester and figured out that it wasn't for me. And I didn't burn a whole bunch more money. I mean, I still burned several thousand dollars that I ended up having to pay back from student loans. But, um, I mean, I'm just glad I didn't go beyond that. <clears throat> I'm glad I didn't go beyond that, uh, uh, that one, that one, that one semester. Uh, but now the, the tables are turning. The tables are turning and, uh, we'll see we're going to see that shift and we're going to talk about that in uh, hour two here, but in this hour, phone lines are completely open. Um, we'll take calls in the next hour if you want, but we'll focus it on education. But if you have something else you'd like to talk about this morning, nine or seven, four, three, three, 30, is the phone number. If you would like to be part of it, let me give you the full rundown on exactly what happened, uh, here, um, on, um, Yesterday with uh, Buzzy Peltola, Uh, this is from the uh, AP, the Associated Press. U.S. Rep. Mary Peltola's husband died in a plane crash in western Alaska yesterday. The latest fatality involving politicians or their loved ones in the nation's largest state where flights are common because of the limited road system. Uh, Peltola, a Yupik who became the first Alaska native elected to Congress last year, was returning home to be with her family, the statement said. The Piper PA-18-150 Super Cub appears to have crashed under unknown circumstances upon takeoff after he dropped off a hunter and equipment about 65 miles northeast of St. Mary's. Uh, according to a previous report, the hunter, uh, hunter or hunters at the scene attempted to render aid uh, to Peltola but were unable to stop the bleeding and he passed away. Um, Alaska state troopers identified Peltola as the pilot and the plane's sole occupant in a statement. Two hunters were at the scene but not involved in the crash, and they provided the medical care. Uh, The Alaska Rescue Coordination Center dispatched an Air National Guard rescue team to the site, uh, but troopers said that he had passed away before they arrived. The rescue team returned Peltola and the two uninjured hunters to J-Bear, and uh, his body was then delivered to the state medical examiner's office. Uh, The crash site, again, is about 450 miles west of Anchorage. It's a remote location and a mountainous area, and they said that interviewing the witnesses to the crash would be part of the investigation. Uh, It was not immediately known where the plane took off from or where it was headed before the crash. Um, 
and they have an accident invest an accident investigation team is en route with the uh, Air National Guard providing helicopter transportations to get the investigators to the remote site. So Peltola obviously was a pilot, and uh, it was uh, it was a it's a tough 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 situation tough situation. So condolences uh, to uh, condolences to uh, uh, to Mary Peltola and her family. Uh, like I said, I don't have to agree with her politically, but anybody who has to go through something like this deserves their sympathy and your love. Uh, and I hope that uh, I hope that they can get through this. I hope that she can get through this and that she has some comfort in this. But this state is not easy on politicians. You got Gary Knopp, of course, um, Stevens' first wife, uh, Gary or, uh, uh, Ted Stevens. Uh, died in a plane crash. His uh, first wife died in a plane crash in 1978. Uh, Nick Baggage the first died. I mean, this state is is hell on politicians and airplanes. So it's definitely a definitely a tough situation. But um, uh, again, our thoughts go out to uh, the Peltolas, and and hopefully uh, hopefully they can make their way see their way through to the other side of this for sure. Um. I wanted to talk about this. I, I'm going to talk about this for just a minute, uh, simply because, um, I, again, I don't normally na- focus on national issues, but this headline just caught me, and it really just makes me... <sighs> again, what we're seeing in Alaska is just a reflection of what's happening on a larger scale in in Washington, D.C. U.S. House conservatives balk at short-term funding patch that would avert shutdown. The most conservative Republicans in the U.S. House announced Tuesday they won't support the short-term spending bill that's needed to stop a partial government shutdown from beginning on October 1st. Uh, The Freedom Caucus uh, said the group is not interested in a stopgap spending bill that, quote, continues the policies and the spending of the Biden-Schumer-Pelosi era, and we're not going to vote for it. How about the policies and spending of the Biden, Schumer, Pelosi, Trump, Clinton, Bush. I mean, it, this is the same spending policies that have been going on forever. Okay, so I don't. I I know that this is always a he said she said. You know, one side uh, against the other side tug of war. The problem is, is that most of these people, uh, you know, most of these problems are coming from both sides. Um, the GOP-controlled House passed one of its dozen annual government funding bills before going on a six-week break through August, and that means the process of appropriating funds won't be complete. They're supposed to pass 12 spending bills during the session, and they haven't gotten to them all. Uh, and, of course, anytime you say shutdown, it's a, it's, a, it's a crazy, crazy deal. So Congress is supposed to pass 12 government funding bills annually before the start of the new fiscal year on October 1st. But lawmakers haven't completed all of their work on time since the last century. 20, 23 years, and, and I don't know exactly, since they did it sometime in the last century, 1998, 1999, they finished all their work on time. But they've had continuing resolutions since then. 
So every September, congressional leaders draft a stopgap spending bill that's often referred to as a continuing resolution. The short-term government funding bill extends current funding levels and policy usually until mid-December. When there's yet another crisis because they have to... This is just... Nobody wants to face the music on this. Nobody wants to call woe on what's going on. If Congress cannot agree to either a short-term spending bill or pass all dozen of its full-year spending bills, then a partial government shutdown would begin. During a funding lapse, federal employees in the so-called exempt categories continue working without pay, while non-exempt federal workers are sent home also without a paycheck. When the funding lapse ends, Congress typically approves back pay for all federal employees, though not contractors. So are they really working without pay? Because you know it's coming, right? Are you really working without pay or are you working with deferred pay? I just... This is just a snapshot, folks, of what's going on out there. This is all part and parcel of the same problem. They just can't say no. Mathematics don't count. Arithmetic does not apply to them. That's what they're saying here. All right, education is going to be our topic up next. We're going to dive into this. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free thinking radio. Back with more after this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading some of the uh, I'm reading some of the comments here real quick. Uh, let me go back here to see what the question is. See what you guys are talking about. People can't believe Donna thrown in jail. Oh man, my thing is slowing down again. All right. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to I'm going to try this again. Um, the screen is going to go blue for the with the blue lines for a minute. And I'm going to be right back uh, because I, I got to reset this. This is it's getting chonky, chonky. I'll be right back. I'm going to reset right now. Yes, reload. Here we go. Okay, let's see if that fixed it. I was like, I mean, I want to be able to post some of these things on screen. So people are like, Donna got thrown in jail? La gasp, says Brian. Uh, Terry asks, and, and Terry, uh, Donna can't see your comments because she's on YouTube this morning, watching it on YouTube. Um, she says, how long is your sentence, Donna? So, Donna, you're on YouTube. If you post it, I can see your comment here in the chat room because I can see all the different chats from the different platforms. So I can post that. So if you tell us how long your how long your jail sentence is, people are asking if they can post bail for you. Uh, Amy said she never went to college either. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I, again, college has got a very there's there's it's very good for very specific things. Oh, OK. 
My oldest niece is working a trade job to pay for a degree that will pay her half of what she's making right now. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't understand that. If you're working a trade job and making good money and you don't have to invest any further in your education to continue to do it, why would you do that? Um, I just, I don't understand it. Give a guaranteed government-backed loan for hundreds of thousands of dollars to 18-year-olds with no financial solvency or realistic life goals and cripple them with debt before they have a job? What's, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Yeah, Gary Knopf was another one that, that had the plane issue, too, that crashed and died in the plane. Um uh, speaking of Knopp, has anyone heard from Ron Gillum or Pam? Do they need help getting away from the river? That's a good question. I haven't heard from Ron in, in a while. And I haven't seen Pam in the chat room for a while, so I don't know what's going on. Um, I have ascended to the halls of... I don't know what happened here. Anthony just said he's ascended to the halls of Odin. I don't know why. Brian says he's chonky too, but happy. Whoops. All right. All right. 30 days in the hole. No, that was Chris. That was Chris that said that. Chris, did you get 30 days in the hole? Chris got 30 days in the hole too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it was the blue screen. That's why Anthony is like, I've ascended to Valhalla. Because he got the blue screen. This one. So. Yeah, that you got that blue screen, which is kind of handy, actually. I kind of like it because if something crashes on my end, at least you get the blue screen. So you know something's going on. So if you see that, you know something's going on. You just don't know what. So that's uh, that's good. Um, oh, Chris is, Chris is in both places. I see what happened. Um, what happened to McCabe? I haven't spoken to Kevin McCabe in a while either. We're going to get, you know, I don't know. He may he may not have been happy with the chastisement that I gave him over his vote on the budget. Um, I like Kevin. He and I agree on probably 90% of the things, but I think that vote was a mistake. And I'll stand by that statement. I think that vote was a mistake. And I think he took some heat for it, quite honestly. I think he took some, I think he took some heat from some folks over that. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But... Um, yeah, and maybe he's busy. Like he's flying a lot, says Brian. Yeah, he's probably working. That's what Shower's been doing. We're lucky to get Shower every couple weeks just because he's been flying so much. So not surprising. They got they got to make they got to make some money while they're out there. You know, in between times, I guess maybe not so much now because they're going to make one hundred and thirty thousand bucks a year on top of it. But um, <clears throat> Anthony says, "Ooh, this this karma this this comment gets the star." I'm starring this comment and saving it for later. I'll just flat out say it. College as a government-backed financial institution is a scam that targets our naive youth. And not just the youth. This is the parents. I mean, no no disrespect to my dad. My dad is, I think he's still in the chat room, but that was that was the mantra of the day. I remember having this thing. I remember him giving me a book, something about a golden parachute and telling me, you know, you should go work for government and do these other things because it's the... And financially, he was 100% right. 
it would have been smart to go get into the you know do this stuff and 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 but you know i just it's not it's not just the naive youth it's the parents who are pushing that narrative and have been for 35 years if not more all right we got to go the michael duke show common sense radio Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and live around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning and welcome to the program. Don't forget you can join us over on Facilibug Facebook uh, if you'd like to uh, be part of the conversation at Facebook.com slash Show slash live or YouTube or Twitch, or wherever you want to be. Uh, we, uh, we'd we love to have you on board to talk with us, just uh, me and you and 50, 60 of our closest friends in the chat room uh, between all the different platforms. Come on down and join us. It's going to be a good day today. I had a line on hold that over the top of the hour that dropped off right when we were returning. So I don't know if somebody wanted to talk. I will take that phone call if you call back. if you Because you held on for about five minutes, and I was going to just get to your phone call and take it here at the beginning of the show and uh I but you know feel free 907-433-3150 907-433-3150 All right this hour though uh we were I announced yesterday that we were going to talk to Nick Begich the 3rd uh about his run for Congress but because of the passing of Buzzy Peltola and everything else they didn't think it would be um appropriate um, to, uh, you know, basically, you know, to basically, uh, try and, and run against and, uh, and, and, you know, point out the flaws or fallacies in, uh, in Mary Peltola's, uh, um, uh, you know, philosophies and plans while she's mourning the death of her husband that, you know, I, I just think that that is <clears throat> probably, it's not respectful, and I agree with that. So it's uh, there. You go. It's a good thing. It's uh, so he'll be back, and he'll be joining us next. Uh, he'll be joining us next Thursday at exactly the same time. So we'll be talking with Nick Baggage. Uh, we'll be talking with Nick Baggage next week. 
Okay, so what is um, what what is the topic for today? The topic for today is education. And this is a topic that I keep seeming to repeat and come back to in many ways, but we're not we're not going to um, we're not going to uh, talk specifically. We're gonna we're gonna breeze past the K through twelve. We're gonna talk about it for a second. But what I'd really, which is what our normal focus is, our normal focus when we talk about education generally on this program is K through twelve. Um, but what we're gonna talk about <clears throat> this morning in 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 depth is is um, the college, the higher ed, the university system. And we we had a we had a uh, an interview here a few weeks ago with Emma Camp from Reason Magazine. I'm sorry, I just I wanted to pull I wanted to pull up I should have pulled up that story during the break to uh, uh, to uh, there we go right here um, to to get a refresher on it. But it is. Um, it's it's pretty amazing some of the things and how and how the mentality around college and the college educational system is um, is changing how that whole idea is now the whole fundamental concept around it is is uh, is changing. And we're going to uh, we're going to dive into that and uh, and and start talking about that. So back in July, we talked with Emma Camp from Reason Magazine. She's an assistant editor over at Reason, and they started talking about uh, she started talking about how confidence in higher education has reached a new low, and they found the declines in confidence in all survey demographic groups. And that that the confidence in college has dropped from 2015 to 2023. It has dropped 21 points since 2018. We're going to get into some more details on this, but let's start with K through 12. K through 12 education. American satisfaction with the quality of K-12 education in the U.S. has fallen six percentage points in the past year to match the record low of 36%, which is the lowest it's been since they started tracking this poll 24 years ago. 36% of parents in the United States are satisfied with their K through 12 uh, education. It's in contrast, parents of K-12 students remain largely satisfied with the quality of education their oldest child is receiving in the high school years. That says 76% say they are completely or somewhat satisfied, significantly higher than the 67% low on that measure from 2013. But overall, the parents' satisfaction. So, so, it, so here's the difference in this two in these two different numbers. One is the parents' satisfaction, and one is the overall adult satisfaction. Thirty-six percent. 
Since 1999, when Gallup started taking and asking these two questions every August, there's been a consistent, significant gap between parents' satisfaction with their child's education and overall Americans' views on U.S. education. Generally, that gap has ranged somewhere in the neighborhood of 31%. In the August poll of this year, they find that Americans' overall satisfaction with the nation's K-12 education quality is nine points below the 45% historical average. So again, people are dissatisfied Overall, and satisfaction with the K 12 in both parties is at or near record lows. So, both the Democrats and the Republicans are near. Now, the Republicans are obviously even worse. Republican satisfaction is at 25%, but the Democratic satisfaction is at 44%, which again is near the record low to begin with. American satisfaction with the quality of K-12 of education in the U.S. has fallen to a record low point as a new school year begins. Both party groups are at or near record low satisfaction levels. This is the sum- summation. But Republicans are significantly less likely to be satisfied than Democrats. Parents of elementary and secondary school students remain satisfied with their education their child is getting, and they offer mostly positive reviews. Uh, if parent satisfaction wanes, however, parents may choose to move their child to a different school. Or if parents are basically uh, chastised, criticized, called terrorists, told that they don't have a choice, that satisfaction may change. So I'm just setting the groundwork here for moving on to the next for moving on to the next phase. And I will remind you that it is generally accurate that in many cases, Children who are currently entering the higher ed phase, entering as freshmen in college, many times, and and I would say this is probably the last numbers that I saw were over half, over half of the students entering college had to take remedial courses to be able to enter into 100-level classes, especially in things like mathematics, at the college level. So as dissatisfied as the overall public is, and even as satisfied as parents of school children are with that education, it's still failing them. Because when they get to this get to the college level, they have to then pay for tutoring and courses because they can't keep up. That is, I mean, that's just shocking. That is the education system that we have right now. And now, you know, we're reaching that phase where add to that the problem and the pressure of the what came out of the pandemic, people started to discover that there were other alternatives to brick and mortar school. That's why you've seen the absolute explosion of homeschooling programs like Idea and Raven and Cyberlinks and all these other Frontier, all these various different homeschooling programs that just exploded during and after the pandemic because people are, they're upset for a variety of reasons. It could have been the extended shutdowns. It could be the political, uh, you know, leanings uh, in the class. It could be 
uh, the lack of education. It could have just been that they always thought that they they thought they wanted to homeschool, but they kept being told that it was just too hard. And then when they were forced to do it, they figured out that it wasn't as hard as everybody was telling them. And maybe it was more rewarding and maybe it was better for their children. So those that paradigm is starting to shift and it's starting to shift faster and faster. So with K-12 in the picture here and things changing there, it is inevitable that things are going to start changing on the college education side as well. As those kids trickle into uh, as those kids trickle into the 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 higher ed pipeline from col- or from high school to college, it is inevitable that some of those ideas and some of those mindsets are going to make their way into the college education uh, realm. And it's making for some interesting stuff to come out. And we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. So we're going to we're going to be back. Yeah. And parents who spend ten thousand dollars on remedial courses to get their daughters who graduated from a rural Alaska school up to speed. That's not unusual. It's not like I said, over a half of the students who are going to college have to take some kind of remedial course to get caught up. How happy are you with your education for your children now? All right. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Yeah, I mean, I th- this is, again, it's not fiction. I mean, Harold just says he paid it. He had to have his daughter go through remedial courses to get up to speed. It happens all the time. I did an interview on this exact topic with... <laughs> I couldn't reveal his name because he worked at the university and he did a lot of the remedial courses and helped stuff out. And he said it was upwards of 60 something percent, high 60 percentile, had to take a remedial course to be able to get into a 100 level math class. I mean, that's just. Wow. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, all right, I'm looking through here. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got a bachelor's in gender equality dynamics in Croatian Neolithic era history. Can I have a job, sir? This is Walmart. We have standards. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. Um, Who provides the sources? The sources only know the support coordinator for alternative sources are unsupported. Okay. Um, 
Harold also says, none of my kids got the depth of education I did. It was an eye-opener during some of my parent-teacher conferences. I, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff has changed. That kind of, you know, a lot of that stuff has changed. You need to, uh, you need to really focus on what's going on with your kids. And I figured that if I was going to have to send my kids to school and then either undo the indoctrination or teach them more anyway, we might as well teach them ourselves to begin with. Save ourselves a lot of problems. Um, Brian says, educated enough to do a job, but not so educated to question the state. No, because that's what they're taught. They are taught in school through innuendo and through years of indoctrination that the answer to every problem, the solution to every problem is government. That's what they're taught. That, oh, government should get involved in this. Oh, there should be a program. Oh, we shouldn't stand for that. Oh, the government should do something about it. That's that's the way it is. Um, okay, we're going to get into some discussions on this and go through this whole thing. But this education poll, I'm going to post this poll here. Uh, this is the Gallup discussion on the uh, U.S. satisfaction ratings for the K through 12 schools. So there's the there's the link for that one right there. So you can go you can go read that and see the statistics and stuff like that, the breakdowns and the different charts for yourself right there. Okay, tomorrow's Firearms Friday. I was trying to get Jacob Solomon from Reason Magazine to talk about the uh, New Mexico thing. He can't make it. He's in a meeting. He's at a he's at a Reason staff retreat in Washington D.C. Why would you take a staff retreat to Washington D.C. of all the places that you could retreat to? <laughs> when I do a retreat, I want it to be in Hawaii. Or at least somewhere in the Pacific Northwest where I can enjoy the ocean and the mountains and the and the forests, right? I mean, something like that. In fact, I'd like a corporate retreat. I'd like a retreat in Homer. That's where I'd like it. A retreat in Homer. That will that will make me very, very happy. Okay. Um did I miss anything else here this morning? Um, I'm just saying out of all the staff and support personnel that supposedly are looking out for your best interest, the same institution will let you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a degree that has zero job prospects attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's again, in a nutshell, in a nutshell. All right. We're jumping back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based free thick and radio, like and share, like and follow. Subscribe, ring the bell, do all the YouTube things. Let's get to it.
Well, that's a little bit of a cynical comment. I just was, as we were coming back from the commercial break, uh, Anthony, who's made a couple great comments this morning about education. I'm going to get to this comment here in a little bit, Anthony. I think that that cynical, but uh, truthful. Does that make it worse? Is that it's cynical and truthful at the same time? I mean, that's 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 the that's the question. Um, all right, let's uh, let's continue on. We're talking about college now. Let me start off by again. Let me let me tell you a story about a young man who was told by his father that the only way to get ahead was to get a good education, to do well in school, and then go to college. And only then would he be guaranteed the success in his life that he wanted. Go, go, my son, to college. Do not fail me. And I did. I failed him. You know, it, 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 he never said anything about it. He never, but, you know, my dad was very much of that generation where the only way that you would be successful is to make sure you got a good education, you got a college degree, you went out and get a job and you worked hard and that's how you'd be successful. But you couldn't be successful without that college degree. And um, it's, you know, I don't, I, that's just, that was the mantra, right? It wasn't just my dad. It was probably many of your dads and moms as well. Because for the last 50 years, that's what we've taught in this country. That the only successful people are college-aged people. We looked down on mechanics or welders or carpenters or people who worked with their hands in the Votech industry. We didn't look down on them, but they weren't successful, right? They weren't, they weren't the, oh, the, they, they didn't, you know, it was just a thing. And what it was, was it was a brilliant, brilliant marketing campaign by colleges and higher education to create these student factories where they bring you in and they stamp you out. You take four years of college. And for the most part, most of those people with a college degree ended up not getting a job in their field of study. And it was simply a way for employers, prospective employers, to see, well, did they stick it out? Do they have the stick to to go through college and do it? That's great. Must have a college. In fact, most places these days are rethinking the whole must-have-a-four-year degree. Because while it's a great indicator of the fact that you could stick to it and were either had the money to do it or were willing to put yourself and indebt yourself for the rest of your life to it, it really doesn't show anything about your life skills, your common sense, your work ethic, or hardly anything else. And now on top of all this other stuff, again, you had COVID-19 come in and lay down some serious issues and, and highlight some of the serious issues that are going on in the uh, uh, in the higher ed system. And on top of that, you've got the governmental influence in the education market where government starts handing out free, quote unquote, money 
And just look at the exponential growth of college tuitions. The more batches or tranches of money that the federal government gives out to students for prospective student, you know, for, for, for them to go to school, the more the government offered, the higher the tuition rose. I mean, you look at some of these charts where, where tuition has gone in the United States over the last 30 years, and it's like, looks like Elon Musk shooting a new Starlink satellite into the sky. And it almost perfectly matches all the programs and free monies that the government has brought together to show these things. So we've got a, we've got a system that is outside of market forces that delivers in the most part a adequate to substandard to adequate product. And then we had COVID hit and a lot of things changed. And here's where we lie today. Americans are increasingly saying school sucks. Recent public opinion polls show that young Americans, young Americans attitudes towards college are turning increasingly negative. Now, these are the ones, these are the kids that are just graduating, have just graduated in the last two years are graduating this year. So these are all the kids who were in high school during the pandemic. And they are all saying school sucks. The attitudes towards college are turning increasingly negative, according to the New York Times. The percentage of young adults who said that a college degree is very important fell from 74% of them saying it's very important to 41%. It's nearly half what it was. And that means less than half of the high school students say that college is important. And of all Americans, not just young adults, only about a third of Americans now say that they have a lot of confidence in higher education, which is, uh, I mean, that's a, it's a low, that's a, that's a, that's like one of the lowest of the lows. Only a third say they have a confidence in higher ed. Among young Americans in Gen Z, 45% say that a high school diploma is all you need to ensure financial security. Now, I'm living proof of that. I'm not Gen Z, but I am living proof of that axiom. My brother is. One of my sister is. Like I said, I, four, four siblings. Four of us are siblings. Only one of us went to college. The rest of us went out on our own to do our thing, and we are all financially secure. In contrast to the college-focused parents of a decade ago, now almost half of American parents, now remember, my dad and I'm sure your dad and mom and your parents were very, you know, you got you to get into college, got to get into college. In contrast to the college-focused parents of a decade ago, now, almost half of American parents say they'd prefer that their children not enroll in a four-year college. They say they would, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And we've got the numbers to back it up. 
uh, from Gallup, uh, from the New American, and from the Hetchinger Report. Uh, there are all these stories, uh, including a, a more di deeper dissection from the Hetchinger Report on the Gallup survey uh, that was released last year. And we're and we're gonna we're gonna dive down into some of these numbers. And I'm gonna post all these links up in the chat room, so you can you can go if you want to go read up and and don't I can't take your word for it, Dukes. I will post all this stuff up in the chat room, and you can take a look at it there, and we'll get into that. Uh, but I do have two phone calls on hold all of a sudden, and I said I would take phone calls to discuss this further. If you've got things that you want to say about this, I'd love to hear it. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this, and where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hello, Ron. Uh, just uh, in point of fact or example, uh, I... Uh, I found myself in 1965 graduating from college with a liability age under the draft of 35 years of age right in the middle of the Vietnam uh, action. And uh, so I enlisted because I was physically incapable of uh, becoming an officer. And uh, I enlisted in the Air Force and was eventually assigned to an information office. And uh, we had everyone in there ranging from high school graduates to several people with master's degrees. And about the only difference I could see was perhaps those people that had a little higher education had maybe a little bit more life experience. And everybody managed just fine. So uh, I see the uh, college degree as simply a, uh, a mechanism that's artificially imposed in order to obtain employment in certain areas. It doesn't make much difference in the real output. No, and I would agree, and I think more employers are finding that. There's been several articles over the last eight or ten months that have talked about big companies or companies that have historically required a four-year degree, and they don't ever say what the degree is in. That's the thing. A degree is required. They don't say that it's a four. It could be gender studies or it could be applied astrophysics. It doesn't matter. They just want to show that you did. And like you said, it's an artificial barrier for many people. And it's all part and parcel of this, again, this educational complex where they've convinced you, they've convinced your parents, and they've convinced you that the only way you're going to succeed is by getting that degree. Now, there's a place for college. Don't get me wrong. If you're a doctor, if you're a if you're a, a an engineer, if you're a physicist, if you're a scientist, those, those there are definitely things that need to be done on that. And yeah, if you want to be a scholar, you need to go to college if you want to be a scholar in some form. But not everyone needs to go to college. That has been the lie that we've been sold and the lie that we swallowed. And what we did is we put everybody under the thumb of the government by taking out hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of student loans. And uh, just just in passing uh, a comment, the, uh, the cost of a college education at a church-related private school that I attended uh, was approximately $1,400 a year. <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. Yeah, the one semester that I attended. It's amazing. Yeah, the one semester that I attended at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, uh, it was $8,000 for one semester. So 10 times. Wow. And that was in 1980. 
That was in 1987-88. So 10 years after you went to college at 1400 bucks for a year, it would have cost me 10 times that at the University of Alaska Fairbanks with housing and food and yeah. books and everything else. So, yeah. And I can, I can only attribute that to the increasing superstructure of the uh, administration of those institutions. Well, and, 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 and like I said, you can see there is a correlation. There's a, there are charts out there that will show you the more money that has been released or offered by governmental states and federal government institutions for loans and things like that, the more money that's offered, the higher the tuition goes because they know the money's there. So they artificially inflate their tuition and grow their institutions to live on that largesse. So when the when the crash comes, well, and I think there will be a crash in educational spending eventually here, you'll see some some places are definitely going to have to pull in their horns for sure. Well, and if you if you hold it up against the recent brouhaha with the student loan forgiveness, it becomes even more startling. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And now that they've got the new Start program. That now changes um, since they couldn't do the loan forgiveness and that was stopped by the courts. They've now put in a new program where they're where you only have to pay a proportional amount towards your student loans. It used to be you had to pay in the old program you had to pay ten percent of your of your gross income every month, and if you did that for twenty years without fail, without missing a payment, they would forgive the rest of it for twenty years. Well, now they've changed it, and it was at one hundred and twenty five percent of the one hundred and fifty five percent of the poverty levels how they figured your income. Now the new change is you only have to pay five percent of your gross income. It's at two hundred and fifty percent or two hundred and forty percent of the poverty level. And they'll forgive it after 10 years, which is going to cost us $470 billion in lost revenues for monies paid back. Nobody's talking about that. Exactly. All right. I will cut you loose and let you continue with your stat uh, routine. All right. Take care. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. Let's, Let's go over here. We'll take another call before we go to break. we got three lines on hold. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Michael. David Boyle, and I am calling from the. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm sorry. I am getting some terrible. Echo. Go ahead, David. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm calling uh, from Leadville, Colorado, to 10,000 feet. Anyway, um, I when I graduated in college, tuition was, believe it or not, at the University of Iowa, $340 a year, and then I lived for a dollar a day on food, and my rent. You know, a little dicky room was $30 a month. And I actually got a very good education back in those days, but today I'm not so sure it's worth going to college. My three children uh, have not gone to college. They've basically done it on their own and gone to uh, two of the three have gone to a vocational school and doing very well. But with that being said, I don't know why anybody want to go to college today because they'd have to wear a mask and they may have to even be vaccinated again with a booster. So that, that those are two good reasons right there not to go to college. And, you know, with that being said, um, the Alaska COVID Alliance is having an event. In October 13th and 14th, hold on a minute, 13th and 14th in Anchorage. And the keynote speaker is going to be Dr. Peter McCullough. And he's world-renowned cardiac surgeon. And... uh 
We're going to have Dr. Farr from uh, Alaska is going to be there as well talking about it. And we're also going to have an individual, Michael Ashley, talking about artificial intelligence and its impact on health and uh, medical freedom. And then we're going to have uh, James Taylor from the Heartland Institute. He's going to be talking about techno-fascism and the future of government control. So if people would like to go, it's uh, for the entire program, Friday night and Saturday with lunch is $100. They can go to alaskacovidalliance.com. And, on, and click on the uh, purchase block that's there. Okay. Well, I tell you what, David, let's, uh, why don't we have you back to talk more in depth about it on Monday? Uh, we'll have you come in and talk about it in the Monday. Seven, sounds great, yeah, Michael. Six o'clock hour. Let's, uh, let's talk about that in the early hour on Monday. I'll send you an email, David. Thank you for your call. I appreciate you uh, sounding okay, off this morning. And he's right. I mean, how much of this now has to do with a lot of the, that was actually one of the things that Reason brought up. You know, perhaps colleges being some of the last institutions to cling to the insane COVID restrictions are playing into the role of people wanting to leave. Um, at the, for example, the University of Michigan, students testing positive for COVID must leave their dorms for five days and live in the community. A hotel room or a relative's house is okay. I mean, so what you want to spread the, you want to spread instead of staying in their dorm rooms for five days and not going out and be, they want them to go out in the wild. That's, that's gonna, it's insane. All right. We got uh, more coming up. One, uh, two more calls on hold. We'll take those right after we come out of the commercial break. Uh, and I'll finish up with more stats and figures and where things are going and what I think is going to happen with higher ed. Now, I'm not an expert, but I'm reading the tea leaves as best I can here. It's going to be interesting. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Your mental suppository. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, we're in the break right now, uh, ready to go, and uh, one of the calls dropped off, so I only have one line on hold. Let me go over to them real quick, and we'll get their name and where they're calling from, and then we will take their call when we return to the radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, uh, this is Mike. I'm calling from Oslo. Okay, Mike and Wasilla, you hold the line, my friend. I will be. Well, I'll be right back to you. You'll be the first in the queue. You'll be first to. You'll be. You'll be number one with a bullet. That's you. All right. Let me go back over to the. Uh, go back over to the chat room, and I'll see what I can do here. <clears throat> Treehouse, best restaurant. Jeannie, where is that? Treehouse. Six-page menu. They buy quality. Where is that? I haven't. I've never heard of that. Okay, um, and then Harold's talking about baseball. I don't. We who cares? Uh, I mean, you know, great, awesome. Um, yeah, no, that's a perfect point. I'm still. I'm collecting comments from Anthony this morning. He's been right on point this morning. The blue collar people says Terry are the people who are keeping our world running. I, you know, that's the thing. I never understood. And not everybody's this way, uh, you know, obviously. But I've never understood the disdain that some people have for people who didn't have a college degree or who worked in the trades. 
You know, like, I mean, I, I, I worked in the automotive industry for a while, well, a decade. And, um, I, I just somehow some, some people, um, some people would, uh, kind of poo poo or look down their nose at people like mechanics. And I'm like, you, you brought your car to, to me, you brought your car to me and you're like, you're acting all hoity toity with, can you fix your car? No. Then maybe it is a specialized skill that you need. You know, can you put that remodel? Can you put that extension on your house? Can you remodel your bathroom yourself? No. Well, maybe you need that carpenter or that contractor or the plumber or the electrician. Or the aviation mechanic who fixes the airplane engines of the planes that you fly on. Or the computer programmer who, I mean, just all these things that didn't, don't require a four-year college degree. I never understood that kind of elitism towards the blue collar. It's like, I feel better because I got a college education. Well, how much debt do you have? Oh, $200,000 in debt? Okay. $100,000 in debt? Okay. You know how much debt I have? Zero. Zero. Um, all right. Um, there was no college in the cards for me, says Jim, when I graduated because of cost. Joined the military and got my degree there. And that's right. I mean, the GI Bill, that was a, one of the reasons. I think that that was a sneaky way, one, <laughs> to get more people into the military. And two, as Anthony said, to talk about the GI Bill, interesting research project. If you look at the inception of the Montgomery GI Bill post-Vietnam era till now, you can clearly see how the government leveraged the collegiate institutions as money-making factories. It essentially guarantees 18-year-olds start their adult lives under the thumb of debt to the government. Annie later on said, declare bankruptcy right now. You know what doesn't go away? Your student loans. See how that works? You're under the thumb of of the government for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, what classes did I take at UAF when I attended? Uh, I took math, history. Um, I was in an oceanography class. I wanted to, I w was interested in becoming an oceanographer. Um, and uh, I also took a culinary class because I was interested also in cooking. Something else. Five or six classes that I took. Um, and I just discovered about two months into the thing, I'm just like, I'm not just, I'm just not feeling this. I'm not feeling any of this. Um, nobody wants to be on the hook for 230K in student loan debt and left with a degree in transgender interpretive dance and no job market. Even if you get a job in business, even if you get a job in marketing, even if you get a job in I mean, I worked in marketing for the last 30 years. And when I run into people who have a marketing degree, it's interesting because they have a lot of the things that we've learned intuitively who've been doing it for years. They did learn quite a bit of that, you know, uh, through part of the process, but it's it's just such a different critter. There's no feel for it, right? You've got to feel in marketing, you're dealing with people. And so you got to feel your way through the people and no college course can teach you how to read people, how to work with people, how to, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Um, um, yes, yes. 
Wow. That's a big word, Brian. I'll let you guys read that comment while I get ready to go here. It's weird. Back in the day, colleges were considered cosmopolitan. Now they're totally heterogeneous ideological monasteries. Yes, that is that is true. That, that is true. All right. Uh, final segment of the show. we got Mike and Wasilla on the line, and we're going to continue our discussion on this. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, um, ready to go. Final segment of the program. We got one more line. One of the lines dropped off. So, but Mike is over in Wasilla. Sounds like he wants to uh, comment on what we're talking about this morning. So let's start over here. Mike, what's on your mind? Well, we'll make a long story short. Uh, I went to college, graduated college in 2015. You guys were talking about prices. It was, I believe, $1,500 per class in 2015 now I don't know what it is now obviously it's gone up kicker to all of this is I'm a 13 year disabled veteran and there is no GI Bill for me and I'll tell you why because when Clinton came into office he basically erased our educational benefits we get no benefit educational benefits so I get to pay all of that back after 13 years in the military um, and if you really want to get a laugh out of this I don't know how many classes I took. I don't remember exactly six, exactly six, applied to what I was going to be doing. They were more concerned with teaching me the shape of buildings and teaching me biology that I didn't need and teaching me, what was it, two semesters of, of uh, math I didn't need. And I could go on for quite a while. Sure. The whole point I'm making behind all of this, and it's probably been made before, unfortunately, I haven't listened to your whole program on this, but the, the vast majority of classes that I was required to take to get my degree didn't apply to my degree at all. Right. And to me, all I, to, to, what I'm saying is it's just a money machine. It, how much money can we suck out of you to give you a degree that is worthless? And I, 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 we got a few minutes left. I was working for a captain in the Air Force. And, uh, you know, I, I'm supposed to follow his orders. He's supposed to know more than me, et cetera, et cetera. And one day we got talking. I asked him, I said, what do you got your degree in anyway? He, he looks at me dead in the face. He goes, basket weaving. And I was like, excuse me, I've been doing this for eight years, and you've got a degree in basket weaving, and you're in charge of me? And he laughed. He goes, yeah, they call it Native American arts, but it's basket weaving. <laughs> I mean, literal yeah. literal basket weaving what? at that point. That's that's fantastic. Literally. <clears throat> yeah. And I, was, I stood there stunned, and I, I, I got talking with a lot of the officers, and a lot of their degrees were had absolutely nothing to do with what I was doing. I was in the nuclear biological chemical warfare uh, uh, part of the military. And I'm advising officers, and I'm being told by officers, oh, you can't do that. And i got to go get the regs, and i got to go get uh, the instructions, the TOs, and all this kind of thing that says, this is the way it's done. And then they'd look at me and go, no, we're not doing it that way. Because <laughs> we've got college and degrees and you and don't. Look at them and go, Wait. What was that again? Because they've got college degrees and you don't because they're in charge and they said so. 
and we we would have inspections, and they would just get ground up. And there was one time a, a colonel, he was a German colonel, I was in, in Europe at the time, he looked at me and he goes, do you know what you're doing? And I, I told him, I said, I tried to tell him, and they wouldn't listen. And the, this German colonel looked at my captain and he goes, he needs to be in charge and you need to be sweeping floors. And he turned around and walked out and I was like, oh, this is going to go well for me. <laughs> but Well, that's, that, that's what I was saying before, Mike. I mean, more, more and more of these things, even when he went out and got a job, you know, and you look at these job descriptions and many of them says degree required. They don't tell you what the degree is. It doesn't matter to them. It could be business. It could be gender studies. It could be 17th century Serbian literature. It could be whatever it is they just want to see that you stuck to it essentially and like you said it's a scam i mean i wanted to do certain things in college and they're like okay i sat down with the counselor and he's like well you need to take this course and this course and i said that doesn't really have oh but it's that's what you need for the degree and i'm like you're going to add all these courses that i have no interest in and really are even not even tangentially uh you know a, a, a you know connected to my the degree i'm looking for and you want me to take them yep you got to take them okay like you said they start loading it up with it's like buying a car and they load it up with every extra you could find even the ones you didn't want yeah and what, what another thing that floors me, we were talking about, you were talking about money yesterday and, and uh, University of Alaska. They're, I don't remember the term they use, but they're not uh, recognized as a college anymore. Why are we continuing to fund the University of Alaska? They're not. I, they're, I, it's a mystery to me. They're not an accredited uh, university. Is that what, that's what you're saying? Because they lost some of their accreditation. They didn't lose all of it, but they lost some of it. Yeah. But And that's my point. Either you get your accreditation back and we'll help pay for you, which I don't think we should be doing in the first place, but either get your accreditation back or the money goes away. And, <laughs> nope, we're going to continue paying to turn out students that aren't accredited students. And I'm and if you're not accredited, that college degree doesn't mean anything. Yeah. No, it's it's so frustrating. It, it, when you, when, yeah. You know, I, I, when I went through college, like I said, I took – I don't know how many courses I took, but exactly six of them applied to what I was going to be doing. And here's the kicker on that. It was through a Christian college, and it was for a Christian-oriented uh, degree. Six books of the Bible is what I studied out of 66. <laughs> well, my friend, I appreciate you sounding off and, and coming in. Yeah, it's frustrating. It is The whole thing is frustrating, and I think— I think it's I think it's starting to wind down now. I think people are starting to see through it. You know, people like you who've been through the process, other people like me who started the process and pulled out early, and now people are like, why? Why do I need to do that? And I think it's changing. And I think all these numbers and these polling, I think it's showing that more people are paying attention to it. Mike, thank you for your call. I really appreciate you calling in this morning. Let me get to the final some of these final numbers here because some of these numbers are just astonishing when you look at what these things are 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 saying. Basically, when it's all said and done, 46% of parents said that they would prefer not to send their children to a four-year college after high school, even if there were no obstacles, financial or otherwise. Only a slim majority of 54% still prefer a four-year college for their children. And that is a total and, and again, our 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 system here in the United States is different than almost any other industrialized nation in places like Germany, in places like Korea and Japan. They do not expect every student to go to college. 
those students, in fact, that have a college aptitude or are interested in that, they they change tracks early on, like in early high school, late middle school. They they change tracks early on and start going for that, uh, you know, start going for that on a completely different trail. And I'm not saying that those systems are perfect. I'm not saying that you want to prevent people who want to go to college from going to college. I'm saying that this idea of every student has to go to college and that's the only way to do it is part of the problem. The Mike Rowe Works Foundation, I don't know if you've been following what Mike Rowe's been doing. He's been showing this, that in many ways, if you go for an apprenticeship or some of these different rocket courses and programs, they've done the math on this. You get a student who goes to four years of college, accumulates the debt and the you know to get in there and get that degree and the payback on it. Many students can go to an apprenticeship, get on-the-job training, and in the same four-year period, be leaps and bounds ahead of their – that's what I decided. I mean, I was only 18 years old, but I decided, look, I could continue to borrow this money to go to school. And then when I get out, my salary would be about 48000 bucks a year. And over the course of that time, it would be this and this and this. Or – I could go to work right now, start making that money, not have the debt, get the on-the-job training, get the increases, advance in my career, and make just as much, if not more money, than the recent high school or college graduates without the debt. I think more and more people are starting to see that math and understand that it works. All right, we got to go. We'll see you tomorrow for Firearms Friday, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. I'll post links to all this stuff in the chat room. Damn, we ran the clock out. All right, let me post the rest of these articles that discuss this stuff in the chat room so you guys have, you guys can go read this stuff for yourself. Um, because I think this is some fascinating stuff. And you should uh, you should have it all for you to review later on. Tons of good uh, data here. Uh, final one. Okay. All right. Here's the final one right there. You guys can go read this stuff and take a look at it. This is, uh, you know, again, I'm I'm happy that this is kind of the silver lining of that pandemic thing. So it's, 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 it's good stuff. Um, UAF is the best college. The rest struggle with accreditation. I have realized there's a lot of educated idiots, no common sense. Um, yeah, blue collar kids. Anyway, lots of good comments in the chat room today. Thank you all. I don't have time to read them all here this morning. But I appreciate you guys. Donna, it's good to see you. She snuck her way back in. She must have created an alternate account. Don't tell anybody. Thank you so much. We will see you tomorrow. We'll be talking about Grisham in New Mexico and how she's about to get impeached. All right, my friends, have a great day. Be kind, love one another, live well. You're going to have a great day today. I guarantee it. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things on YouTube, especially. If you haven't gone on YouTube, do that right now. The Michael Duke Show.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 